Black night. Familiar back streets. Windows down. Cold air. Cruising free. Top of the world. This was what it was about, baby. Lit on meth and moving at what seemed like the speed of light. Lords of the night. Over to Fender's body shop on autopilot. Hands drumming on the dash and seats to the beat of the night and the pulse of the blood pounding through their veins. Down the slope. Whoa. Past the dimly lit customer entrance and around back of the shop, the Yukon swung and jerked to a stop. One, two, three of them exited the SUV and glided through the gate that was cracked open. Wesley Lester was last to pass through the high chain-link fence. He slowed to peer at the snow-covered wreckage way out back of the shop, much of which had sat unchanged, like an eerie sculpture, for months beneath a haze of dim yellow lights. Dozens of mangled cars and pickups, SUVs, a hearse, vans, and an old school bus sat like jagged headstones in a haunted cemetery, some piled one on top of the other. Several hundred yards away, in the vicinity of the far lamppost, David Lester's black Camaro lay still and sinister. Wesley's little brother and two teenage friends had perished in that car with David at the wheel. Seventeen years old. Too dang young to die. After having rushed to the surreal scene of the wreck in nearby White Plains a year ago, Wesley had never ventured back to re-examine the remnants of his little brother's car, or the totaled Chrysler that carried an elderly couple from Scarsdale, also pronounced dead at the scene. On the way toward the huge body shop, Wesley shivered at the chill of the New York winter, a feeling his little brother would never experience again. Grinding his teeth, Wesley ran several yards, bashing the already dented door of a white beamer. Spinning away, he welcomed the sense of release, thrust his dead brother out of his jumpy mind, and followed the others. Brubaker led the way through the employee entrance, slamming open the heavy steel door against the outside of the fabricated beige metal building. Ah, smell that? He said, not looking back. Good old Bondo. Be high all day if you worked in here. Wesley cruised in last, leaving the door wide open and purposefully taking a giant whiff of the pungent air that reeked of metal and plastic dust. Like mice, the three figures zigzagged through a maze of half-repaired vehicles toward an area that glowed white, back in the far corner of the building. As they drew closer to the dancing light and long shadows, hard-driving music mixed with the static sound of a welder. A dark blue 65 Mustang sat up on a hydraulic lift, and beneath it, behind a welding hood, stood Tony Bedino.